The Counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. Chuck, what's up, man? How was your uh, MLK day? Did you, did you enjoy the uh, watching some NFL football? Big supporters of MLK. Yeah, big supporters of MLK. Huge really fan believe of the work that, that believe he's in done. his message. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a, I had a, I didn't do anything yesterday. Look, I didn't open my laptop. Uh, I literally just sat on the couch and played uh, Call of Duty with my friends Marcel and Harry and Zach for about like six or seven hours. Nice, and then, nice. Uh, I ate dinner. I played some Mass Effect. Then I watched the uh, Rams be the absolute hell out of the Cardinals. That's a that's a lovely day. I uh, and then along the way, I, you know, we saw the Ravel stuff, which was yeah, even better. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the Darren Ravel stuff is I I I just I don't even I, like <laughs> the guy's brain is so broken at this point. I don't even uh, I don't even know where to go with it. Uh, it's just it's just insane. Uh, yeah, the I I took a moment to think about the fact that there's one black coach in the NFL uh, after David Culley. I mean, we we recorded a show last week. We're like, David Culley survived as he should have. He won four games with a piss roster. Like, yep. this guy, he totally did it. There's absolutely no reason to fire him. No, none whatsoever. And then he gets fired. Uh, I yeah. I I just don't even. Seventy percent of the players in the NFL are black. And it's been that way for years now. Uh, there's there's plenty of people, plenty of black men out there who have coached a ton of football and are ready to be coaches in the NFL, and it's just not happening. And meanwhile, the Eagles defense coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, who is 39, I think this was his first year as a defense coordinator. The Eagles had the 25th DVOA, uh, defensive DVOA football outsider. They just got shredded like two days ago. And he's getting four interviews for head coaching jobs. (laughs) Like, what are we... Wasn't I? uh, Yeah, my thing with the... When I saw Jonathan Gannon was interviewing for the Texans job, I was like, I think I'd rather just keep David Culley. Like, <laughs> because you, you won four games, Davis Mills looked way better than anyone was expecting to do. Like, you actually had some positive things going by the end of the year. You whooped up on the Chargers, too. Uh, so, honestly, I – like, the, it was weird. My, my reaction was, like, I – going into the year, I kind of figured that this might happen because, dude, they, they got – stuck to a point where they had to hire like the Ravens wide receiver coach to be their head coach. Like someone no one had ever heard of, but by the end of the year, like you had enough positive things going for a team that was in such a bad spot at the start of the year that honestly thought he was going to keep his job or or he had like a real case to, I mean, you had your third round rookie quarterback who was the first pick in your draft because of all the mistakes that previous regime made. I mean, he was playing like one of the best rookie quarterbacks in the league by the end of the season and right. was being like a legitimate reason why you guys were starting what to be was competitive. The bar? Like, what was the bar for David Culley? Like, what I was he know. supposed to do to keep his job? <laughs> like, 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 basically from a rebuilding team, he did basically everything you could right. possibly want. I mean, he, uh, yeah. I mean, if you could, I, you know, I'm sure someone out there has done this, but if you weighted coaching jobs by difficulty, like, I mean, he did as good a job as anybody. Like, uh, it, he just had absolutely nothing uh, – just a decimated franchise. They, that, they beat the Titans this year. Like, <laughs> I don't know. There's just no. And they almost yeah. beat them again when the Titans were playing for a number one seed at the end of the year. And you blast the Chargers. You play close with the 49ers. Like by the end of the season, like you're seeing the Houston Texans compete with like legitimate playoff teams. Uh, and you know, I to me that was a pretty good job coaching, but I guess it wasn't good enough. And 
I think it seems like the only thing that could have saved his job this year is if they like made the playoffs or something, which yeah. is you know just not a, a fair spot for anyone to be put in. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know that I'm old and grumpy. Uh, you know, you pointed out that Robbie Gould, who I uh, went to college with, is is like 50 and needs to retire. Uh, so I know that I'm I'm ancient and I'm just like grumpy. But OK, honestly, I, can, I, th- I thought that he had I didn't realize that his first year cop in the NFL was like 06. I thought he was like a 90s person. <laughs> he was, it was close, man. It was close. We were uh, early 2000s. Uh, but I just it's so hard to watch like the NFL co-opt the ml you know martin luther king's wow, message it's, it's and uh, you know the, just everything about it just turn yeah i mean just just stay quiet just don't say anything because i mean you blackballed two two good players uh for daring to speak out in the way that martin luther king would have wanted people to speak out like uh and did speak out like his whole message is the same that's that's the thing is like colin kaepernick and eric reed decades later we're just like hey do you guys remember what Martin Luther King said? Like, I, I think we should keep talking about it. And they got blackballed and yet everyone is still pretending like MLK is some universally beloved figure and his message resonates and uh, America is guided by it. It's just at this point, man. Uh, anyway, yep. we're going to we're going to talk about some football. Let's talk, we're going to talk about wildcard weekend. We're, we'll save we'll save the most of the analysis of uh, the divisional round for next uh our next show uh we're gonna kind of rehash what happened uh with all the games and i think where i want to start is just was wild card weekend bad there's sort of this this feeling out there like oh see it was it was a bad weekend of football they should have never expanded which is like a weird thing to talk about because it's not going back right the nfl is not going to be like you know what we don't like all this revenue we made from this extra game so we're going to we're going to go back like that's not happening so there's no oh, real yeah. point in discussing it but also like there were, there were a couple bad games but like that happens it's next sucked. year I thought yeah, it sucked. Yeah, but like next year it could be fine. Like I don't like, yeah. know. Like I mean, it's it, sort of a quirk of sports it just happens. It's it to me like this weekend definitely sucked. But you have to remember, like even just last year, that Bills Colts game was pretty good. The two versus seven matchup. Right. Saints Bears not so much. So I don't think like you're you're doing great when you talk about shooting from the field, like with the seven seeds. But I think that was kind of be expected, you know, especially because, you know, I, I think one of the things that gets underrated with the playoff matchups and what kind of stinks about it is you're bringing a team that like normally a number two seed is one of the elite teams in the league. And you're having them play someone who like barely scraped into the playoffs to start off, which, you know, either you're going to get sometimes you'll get a Bill's Colts where, you know, the Colts last year were like kind of an unusually strong seventh seed where you look at a veteran quarterback who's like Hall of Fame caliber, who was still playing pretty good ball, really good offensive line, pretty good head coach. Like that's not the norm for most seven seats. So I'm kind of like, you know, I don't think it's going anywhere. I do like that. It's made the end of the regular season matter a little bit more, but I I can't say I had fun watching, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and Jalen Hurts get absolutely trounced this weekend. So that, that's like my only thing with it. I think it makes the end of the regular season a lot of fun, but Mm -hmm. maybe there's a way they can tweak it where these teams that, you know, normally aren't playoff caliber teams are playing like Super Bowl contenders to start off the off season, the postseason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I, I like. But it's not NFL, going anywhere, right? The NFL right. just wants games, right? They just want more games. Uh, 
and and some of them, you know, Raiders Bengals was that was fun, a decent football game. Uh, 49ers Cowboys, which we're going to talk a lot about, became a good game toward the end. Um, you know, and we yeah. learned, you know, we learned things. I mean, I, you know, uh, I don't think any of us saw the Bills Patriots thing coming, right? Like, yeah, it was not a fun football game. Like, it was not thrilling for four or even two quarters. Uh, but, <laughs> but it was like that's an amazing. It was interesting. Thing. Yeah, interesting. I mean, that's an amazing thing for for us. You know, we talk yeah. all the time about Bill Belichick always has answers. Bill Belichick can figure it out. Uh, and we've and we've talked about Josh Allen before in in negative terms. Like Josh Allen is a guy who. Yeah, I'm all aboard that right now. I'm, we'll I'm we'll mess it. things up, right? And I mean the 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 exact opposite of what we thought was going to happen. Uh, happen there. I think we, you know, I think we thought the Bills could win, but but never did I see a forty-seven seventeen score uh, in in a game like that where Bill Belichick has a good defense and where the Bills have been so up and down this year. So um, yeah, you know, there's good things to learn from it from from these games. Um, yeah, I, I think the worst thing for me this weekend was like the best game to me was Bengals Raiders. Mm-hmm. And that just got bogged down by so like the officiating was so bad in that game. And then you, you, like it's so bad that you know Jerome Boker basically got banned from the rest of the postseason. And I just don't understand how NFL officiating has gotten to the point where it's at, where all these games like they're just being ruined by you know a bad call, a missed call, like the super obvious or the thing that kills me is like when they're they're reviewing something, something that's very obvious, and they're looking at the same angles we are. And it takes them like five, seven minutes. You're just bogging down the flow of the game. That that's that's one of the most troubling aspects to me is these games. The, it's just not always a great product, and the officials just seem to have no clue what's going on. I don't know how it got this bad. Maybe there's too many yeah. rules. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of that. Uh, that there's too many rules. The players are just keep getting bigger and faster. Bigger and the, yeah, <laughs> the, the field doesn't the field doesn't change sizes, you know, so you're just dealing with more chaos in the same size box. But also, like, it just feels like another place where the NFL is not investing nearly as much as it needs to, like make the officials full time, you know, like make them make this their job, make them sit around, make like have practices during the week where they're honing their skills, watching film uh, figuring out how to get calls be- calls right. I mean, there's like there's a way to make this better, and it's like it's this. We're still like adhering to this old world. We're like, oh yeah, they fly in for games and they go back to doing whatever they do. Uh, like that's that's just not. You're a. I don't know. I don't even know what the NFL's total revenue is at this point. It's got to be. 20 billion or whatever <laughs> like you can yeah. Yeah, these people are really important to the quality of your game and people you know you, you you're on twitter all the time on sunday that's i mean so many people are talking about it that that's it's ruining games slowing games down making games unfair uh like for the nfl to really say like yeah we've done everything we can do is just not even remotely close to true there's yeah you know, it's steps they could take so that's just a reflection of american society at this point <laughs> yeah just, uh, <laughs> we've done everything we can do but we've yeah, we even tried. Yeah, we've done what we tried with the pandemic we, we gave it our all <laughs> I, I think it's from the simpsons it might be from the simpsons but like they're talking about like some big decision or something it's like well, we've already tried nothing. I don't know what else we can do. <laughs> uh, that's it, man. That's it right there. Uh, yeah. Um, Speaking yeah, of things I mean, that people need to do, we should talk about that Cowboys game. Yeah, let's uh, let's start there. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, 
Mike McCarthy, man. Like I, you know, I just yeah, I I I kind of got to the end of that game, and I was like, wow, like on both sides, that was one of the strangest games I've ever seen in terms of like coaching decisions. Like it's just. Because Kyle Shanahan, like he didn't have a great game himself. Like, right? No, I mean, they, they, like how how conservative he was at times, and some of the plays <laughs> called choices they had, punting the ball on like or taking a delay game on fourth and one to punt the ball on fourth and six. Like when you when you're Kyle Shanahan, you have Debo Samuel. Like if you're fourth and one, basically anywhere in the field, you should be going for that. Right. Uh, and everyone was pointing this out. Like second quarter, the Niners jump out to a lead, like a fairly, you know, not a huge lead, but comfortable enough, and Shanahan starts dialing it back, and like everyone is like, hey, don't, Kyle, don't do this. Like, yeah, this, is, yeah. this is what everyone has ripped you for for years now. Like, don't keep keep your foot down. You're Kyle Shanahan. You you have a good offense. Keep running. Yeah, keep going. I, keep pushing. I feel, like, I feel like he's still scarred from that Super Bowl. Like, I, I, I think that changed him. I mean, uh, get that guy a therapist, man. Seriously. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, <laughs> but you know Kyle you lucked out because you had like the oath of the weekend <laughs> on the other side of the field I mean Mike McCarthy the part I, I still have not gotten over this pump play which I am basically convinced lost in the game uh, because I mean beyond McCarthy's own insane decisions to like punt the ball and kick field goals when like you need to score points to keep your Super Bowl chances alive, uh, you know that that was weirdly conservative on his part. But the pump play, like this is, man, I got so stuck on this for like two hours after the game, and I just went and looked at the whole play in depth. And I should have wrote about it, but I think someone else did. But it, it just baffled me because let's let's start from the fourth and ten conversion, whatever it was. Like, even that is kind of a crappy process because you're having your opponent throw a pass instead of your quarterback or you're paying $40 million a year, too. Right. Uh, so, you know, but, you know, at, at some point, you have to just look at the result and take it at face value. And you get the first down, whatever. And this is kind of where, like, the McCarthy team flaws came in. They're so undisciplined that after that, they were on the field celebrating enough to the point that the referees allowed the 49ers to take their punt team off the field and put their starting defense on the field. So now it's first down on the 36 yard line. You're 36 yards away from scoring a touchdown, which you desperately need as time's ticking down sick. You're down 16 points. The fourth quarter just started, but you're still in a good spot to make this a game. If you have a productive drive and score a touchdown right here. So the 49ers, they have their first team defense out on the field. Fred Warner is on the field. Like <laughs> all, all these guys that are getting paid a lot of money to be good for the 49ers are on the field. And you have your punt team out there with your punter motioning across the formation. And if you go back and you watch it, the long you know, you know that they're never going to do anything because the long snapper never puts his hands on the ball. You want to know why he does that? Because if he does that, he can't be subbed out of the game, which means that right. you would have the long snapper snapping the ball and then trying to block one of the best linebackers in the NFL or one of the, you know, a first round pick on the defensive line or, or, or what have you. So now Mike McCarthy is for some reason expecting the 49ers to take a timeout. Why would they take a timeout? They're up by two scores and they have their first team defense on the field on first down against your punt team. So why would they do that? So now the play clock's clicking down. They realize they're not going to call timeout. But in this situation, the Cowboys also can't afford to waste a timeout. So the offense has to run back out onto the field. 
which re-triggers the subbing, you know, protocol that the referees have to go through, which means they have to stand over the ball, wait for everyone to get set, and then they can move. As the Cowboys are doing this, Dak Prescott doesn't have to play. He doesn't even have the play ready because you can see as he's running out to the field, he's looking back at Mike McCarthy and trying to get what the play is. And then he starts barking out commands to the offensive line and the wide receivers. You should already have a play set up if this is what your plan is going to be, or at least be ready for this scenario. And then the clock ticks down and you get a delay of game. And then because you've put yourself in a bad position, which is first to 15, all you can get out of the drive is a field goal to cut it to 23 to 10. So you're still down to the scores. Like I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was watching on Sunday. Like it literally fried my brain and turned me into the Joker. Like it, it was so stupid. Like, I don't understand how you don't fire McCarthy right there. Like right. Forget, forget the rest of the game. Forget like even getting fired after the game. Jerry should have walked down right there and said, Mike, you're done. Kellen, take over. To, don't, don't kick again until we get to the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, I, I, did, I watched it while you were talking, uh, and that was a very good description, by the way. You have you have powerful uh, descriptive words to carry the pictures for everyone. Uh, you got it perfectly. Uh, like I, Jerry Jones basically said after the game, like he didn't want to talk about the lat. You know, they they had Dak run a draw and uh, couldn't get a final throw at the end zone, which everyone was like, "What the what the hell?" That was it. That was a Kellen Moore call. Uh, and Jerry Jones was asked about it. And was like, "Well, we shouldn't have been in that position in the first place." But then, like a day later, his son says, "Like, oh yeah, Mike McCarthy's going to keep coaching here." Like, what what has Mike McCarthy shown that that I like again? This is the differing. Yeah, uh, like uh, <laughs> David Coley had nothing to work with. Mike McCarthy has a very good team to work with. Like one of the best rookie defenders of all time. Like uh, this is like uh, and, uh, and the funny Jack thing Prescott, is good wide receivers and like he's right. The, the funny thing is like I bet you wish you had those 30, 40 seconds you wasted doing that punt bullshit right at the end of the game because that right. really would have been helpful. And I, and, and I think another thing with. You know, just you know, taking all those 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 flaws and mistakes at, at face value, like just all right, this happened. We're getting to the end of the game. I I didn't hate the decision to draw at right. the end. The problem was honestly, Dak Prescott gained too many yards on the play. Like if he if he had <laughs> yeah. dropped down, stop at like, ten. <laughs> stop. Yeah, stop. Instead of you know, running to the twenty three, stop at the thirty. Get down, spike the ball. <laughs> now you got one more play. It was. I, I didn't hate like the the right. plan, but the execution was definitely horrendous. And then they kind of got screwed at the end by the referee being literally thirty yards away from where Dak ended up with the ball, and you have to wait for him to get down there uh, before you can snap, which also kind of screwed them. But hey, if you don't do the punt crap and you slide a little bit earlier, then you know you you might have enough time to get that last shot. But also, you would have been in a better position too if you hadn't kicked so many field goals. And I hadn't punted in spots where you probably should have gone for it with your season on the line. Right, right. Uh, it, this 49ers team, you identified us a couple of weeks ago that we made our picks. Like, which which of the tier two teams do we think could make noise in the playoffs? And from the NFC, you picked the Niners. Uh, but it was far from super convincing. I, I mean, yeah. uh, it, it just felt like really a game of of who could be least incompetent uh, in the moment. But uh, this 49ers team at least got it done. Any, do you feel like there's any chance that they'll uh, keep moving in the playoffs? Um, no, 
it's tough, uh, especially with the injuries. Like, if you're not going to have Nick Bosa or Fred Warner at 100% by the time that game kicks off, that's going to be really, really tough on you. So, um, but, you know, I, I, I do think there's like a formula for them to, if you can get enough heat on Aaron Rodgers and if Kyle Shanahan calls a great game, then like it's definitely possible for them to, uh, to get down there and, and upset them. But, you know, you got to play a much cleaner game than you did on Sunday because if you repeat that performance on Sunday, then you're probably going to get waxed pretty bad by the Packers team, which is not making the same mistakes as they used to when Mike McCarthy was their head coach. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, like when they, where they've lost in the past few years, it's really just been talent levels. I, I think like their defense just has not really been good enough. But now, uh, you know, I think the big thing for them is if they get back into a rematch with Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game, Green Bay this is, you know, you, you don't have Kevin King out there. Instead, you have Eric Stokes who had, uh, a phenomenal rookie year, which I don't think we was talked about enough. And your inside linebacker situation is a lot better too, because out of nowhere, Devonja Campbell is first team all pro. So you're in a better spot than you were a year ago to kind of take this on and you're going to get Jair Alexander back. So that Packers team is loaded. Uh, you know, right. The 49ers can do it just because, you know, I do think that Kyle Shanahan is like that good when it comes to running an offense, but you know, you need Jimmy to be better than he was on Sunday too. Uh, all right, let's stick with with uh, let's let's go to a blowout here. We'll kind of get these games out of the way, and then we'll get to uh, some of the closer games. Uh, let's do Chiefs Steelers because uh, I think this means we never have to watch Ben Roethlisberger play again. Um, and his final game was ludicrous. I mean, like the <laughs> the, the passing chart that you shared. Uh, it, it, I, I feel like there was probably an intern at, at uh, Next Gen Stats who was like scrambling to try to make it so that the graphic was entirely different because, you know, they usually have the line of scrimmage like toward the bottom of the graphic and most of the green dots are uh, past the line of scrimmage. And instead, like it was just all throws behind the line of scrimmage. The graphic looked Insane. Yeah, uh, that one, and, okay. That one was not real. I got duped by the internet. Oh man! But I will say, if you look up the real one, and it's it, probably not much different. Man. It, it's really not much different. Like instead of everything being behind the line of scrimmage, like it's if like you move two that yards. Line, if you move that line, blue line, like two yards up, then the Photoshop is accurate. Like that's literally what he did. Oh, it, 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 it's this is what we. This is like this is what people were were saying. Like hey. Raiders, why don't you just kneel the ball so we don't have to watch <laughs> the, the Steelers in the playoffs? And, I, you know, they, we got like literally the worst case scenario uh, in this game in terms of watchability where the first half, Big Ben, he threw for 1.7 yards per attempt. Like, like, oh like that's, you're not even you're not even playing football really at that point. Like, that's just, it's nothing. And I know he wasn't helped with, you know, a couple drops by Juju or Deontay Johnson, but still, like, you were offering nothing out there. And, you know, I, I just talked about this on the show, Debatable, that I did with Pablo Torre and Kevin Clark today. Uh, you know, the defense, like, they're they're not just robots that just go out there and play football. Like, they're human beings, and they're not dumb guys. Like, they know when the offense doesn't have enough to get them across the finish line. And I think one of the interesting things in that game is, like, you kind of start to see, like, the human element of football and, like, the human element of like futility where, you know, I'm, bu- I'm going to go out here and bust my ass. And, uh, you know, for two quarters, you know, we're, we're playing pretty well. 
against the Chiefs defense, against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, all these guys, like we're doing a pretty good job. We forced a, t- a touchdown of our own and we're just getting nothing back. Like you can start to see it in the third quarter and fourth quarter. You know, when you're not seeing that, that performance reciprocated, guys start to give up a little bit. Like they know what the deal is. And I think uh, that was a pretty deflating performance. Like if you're a member of the Steelers defense, because for a while you were keeping them in the game and then Ben is out here just not even playing football. Uh, and it was horrific to watch. Yeah, uh, just just ugly. Uh, by the way, I'm glad that you had a little warm up for the real show going going on ESPN and yeah, uh, get you ready for the counter. You know, like, yeah. this is a big show. That's where the real action happens. Um, yeah, I mean, I the Steelers team just uh, it, and it's like it, it goes into such a weird place now. Like they've had Ben Rossberger for 18 years now. Is that is that right? It's it's a long time, and Tomlin's been coached for 16 of those. Uh, so this is really the first time that they've had to go through this much change. Uh, but man, it'll. I have to imagine that people are probably ready for it. Uh, I don't know how, you know, I think, I think fans in Pittsburgh sort of got brainwashed by the Rossberger thing and have, have continued to support him. But, but as you said, like no matter how much you may appreciate what he did as a player and who he, he was as a player during his heyday, if you're on that defense now and you see that your offense just has nothing, you're totally right. Uh, you know, like they're, they're just, it's hard to play. It's hard to it's hard to go through that and, and yeah, because you, you, you might as well not even put your helmet take your helmet off because you're know going to be right back out there. Uh, right. And just like for so much of this game, like you just got literally nothing. They averaged three point nine yards per play, and that's and that includes like garbage time stuff in the second half where they made it look a little bit closer than it actually was. Big Ben had a QBR of fifteen in his what's probably going to be his last game. Uh, I, I don't even know how they made the playoffs because, like, I still feel like this is an objectively bad football team, and they somehow <laughs> made the playoffs. Yeah. Oh man, that's uh, it was not not a fun football game. Uh, let's let's jump to Bills Pats because I want to ask you a question about uh, this weekend's game between the Bills and Chiefs. Eventually, but we wondered what. Uh, it feels ridiculous to rehash this now. We wondered what Bill Belichick was going to come up with to try to contain Josh Allen, who has been so good this year because, uh, you know, in part, I, I think because the Bills sort of came to terms with him running the ball and said, like, we're going to we're going to make this a part of the offense. We're, we're fine with him doing it like he can do it. We should let him do it. And uh, he has just been so good out of structure uh, and just continued to be, uh, you know, a, a really good player. Uh, and we wondered what Bill Belichick would do. And the answer is absolutely nothing. I don't, I'm not sure that he had any, any answer whatsoever in this 47 to 17 loss. Uh, Josh Allen averaged 0.86 EPA per play, according to Ben. Ball. That, that, <laughs> that is insane. It's is a, his total EPA was twenty eight point three. His average, yeah, sorry, man. his uh, average depth of target nine point two. His CPOE was eighteen. Eighteen completion percentage over expectation. I mean, he he was a monster. Yeah. Uh, he was just like unconscious out there, man. Like I don't yeah. really know how to describe it. Like I think Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders, said it was 
either the best or the second best offense performance that he's that they've ever charted, which goes back to like the seventies and eighties. So, um, you know, regular season playoffs, like that was one of the best performances of all time. And I, I mean, it's hard to, hard, hard to like argue with that based on what you watched. I mean, he had a QBR of, so it, it, for those of you who are familiar with ESPN's QBR stat, it basically spits out a zero to 100 number. Like if your quarterback played like this, you will win the game X percent of the time with right. an average team. Right. Uh, Josh Allen's QBR was a 98.5. So right. basically there is no scenario ever that has been recorded where a quarterback plays this well and loses. Like it's almost impossible. And he was just on fire. And I think what's just incredible about it is, you know, you come into the game and, and some of not I wouldn't say so much, but some of the analysis is like, oh, you know, you can't do this to Bill Belichick twice. <laughs> he he did, or maybe he yeah. didn't because he was even better this time than he was right. last time. And uh, that to me, one, it felt good because I've said on this podcast a million times a year, I think the Bills are pretty underrated and they're still good. So that was a, a good for me, good good dub for me. But uh, also, I, I think it just kind of showed what the potential of this Bills team, not only in the playoffs, but moving forward is because, you know, Josh Allen, he's kind of hitting like this LeBron James ceiling in terms of all of the physical attributes are there and you're getting the play that you would hope the physical a- attributes can grant you. Uh, and that is just such an incredible thing when you think about how physically gifted he is. And now the game's slowing down for him. He's torching like tough, complex defenses one that was one of the best in the league all season. And that was just a wild performance to watch. Yeah. Uh, I, I think back to like a couple years ago when Josh Allen just appeared to be totally bewildered by the idea of playing playoff football, like just sort of lost on the field. And this, this guy this weekend was, I mean, 180 degrees, just an entirely different player. Uh, like, I mean, New England had uh, probably the third or fourth best defense in the league this year, you know, depending on how you rank it. I mean, just and Bill Belichick, like you said, like it's uh, the idea of Bill Belichick seeing a player and he's seen he's seen Josh Allen multiple times every year of Josh Allen's career. Like Bill Belichick knows Josh Allen very well. And if there was something he could do, if there was something that could be done at this time to stop. Josh Allen. Now, maybe Bill Belichick didn't have the horses. Uh, maybe they didn't have the players they needed. But if somebody was going to figure out a way to, to slow down Josh Allen, it was going to be Bill Belichick, and it just didn't happen at all. Uh, so my question to you is, uh, our, our colleague Andy Nesbitt wrote, he writes a, a morning win newsletter uh, every morning as a little take. He said that the, the real Super Bowl is this weekend uh, when the Bills and, and Chiefs play. Agree or disagree? Um, I do think they're the two best teams in the AFC. So I think it's, it, it's, I, I would say the winner of that game will probably advance to the Super Bowl. Um, so in a way, yeah, I do think that this is like one of the, the, I think it might be the biggest game of the playoffs, you know, outside of the, the Super Bowl. Uh, just when you look at how good these teams are. And if Patrick Mahomes is like back, back, which I think is going to be tough against the Bills defense, then yeah, this is definitely one of the defining games of the NFL season, not just because it's a playoff game, but just because of the quality of those two teams. Yeah. Mahomes still seems to be struggling a little bit with big plays. I mean, he's, it seems like he's 
found a little bit of rhythm and he's settled down, but I don't think he's like the guy that we really think of when we think of Patrick Mahomes, which is that he can just uncork big play after big play when he needs to. That doesn't seem to be there at the moment in the same way. Um, and, you know, the obviously the Bills' defense is, is fantastic too. So it'll be interesting. I, I'm looking forward to Thursday and sort of digging into that game more and trying to figure out uh, which matchups will matter and, and you know, how, how each team will approach this. Um, I guess we'll stick with the blowouts and talk about the Buccaneers beating the Eagles. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't, I, honestly, I don't – there's not much to say about this game. Uh, oh, man. Uh, Jalen Hurts was pretty bad. Nick Sirianni was pretty bad himself. And yeah. Tom Brady was really good. I don't know. Yeah. Like that, that game went the most expected as expected, I think, of any game this weekend, to me at least. Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty – Talk to for Jalen Hurts. Uh, I'm sure now that game is going to make them bring in competition this offseason, and we'll see what happens for them uh, next year. Yeah, but, uh, I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you're right. Nick Sirianni, though, didn't give him much. No, he didn't give him much. Like, they, they were calling back, like three screens in a row. It's like, okay. Your your coach is so scared of Jalen that you're not even giving him a chance to win. So right, it, it, right. it just felt like a whole waste of time. Right, one hundred percent. Like, why not go into this game where you're facing the defending champion? You're, you know, and I forget what the line was seven and a half. Right, it was more than a touchdown. Like, just play. Just like yeah, the guy. No, no, no one expected you to be here, but you're here. So much. Like it's, like, it's not like it's not like losing this playoff game is going to get you fired, Nick Sirianni. So right, let, let let's just go out there and wing it. I don't know. It was it was kind of disappointing to see them come out so conservative and and uh, and scared. Right. I mean, they opened it up eventually, but it felt like they only did that because they had to. Like, why not right. start? Why not start there? Like, why yeah. not? Why we not play just with house assume? money this year? Right. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know that, you know, I've heard uh, some people talking about that, like, oh, now they now the Eagles, I think ESPN did like a prediction post where they made 10 predictions for next season and they got a bunch right last year. So these are probably pretty informed. And one of them was that the Eagles would, would try to bring in competition for Hertz. And like, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like I I mean, do you really like you already have Gardner Minshew in the building? Like, are you really going to find? significantly better quote unquote competition for Jalen Hurts or can you just like give him a chance? <laughs> like let him develop, let him uh, see how things go. Uh, you know, Devonta Smith's going to be have another year. Uh, maybe you can add a, a target in free agency or in the draft. Uh, Cause Jalen Rieger is very obviously not super good at football. Um, it, like it just seems like, uh, it's just a missed opportunity to just let him go. Um, Tampa Bay, I, like this team has some injuries, but Tom Brady found a way, uh, had some good chemistry with Mike Evans. Of course, the Eagles kept defending him with a linebacker, which seemed like a bad idea. Um, Rob Gronkowski had a decent game. Uh, how are you feeling about the Bucks right now? Uh, like the same, as, I think as you should, uh, going into the game. And I, I also think that um, <laughs> that game showed a little bit that maybe people were overreacting to Antonio Brown being released because they are still super duper duper talented. Um, I, I I think that Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Rob Gronkowski as a core with Cam and Bray and OJ Howard backing you up is probably still enough <laughs> uh, to get you to the Super Bowl. Like they that, threw they threw the football to OJ Howard once in this game. 
once. Like, that guy is pretty good. And um, they only had to target him once. Yeah. Uh, so, and the thing, like, if Tristan Wirfs can get, like, back to functional shape, like, that off the vine still kick ass. So, like, I, right. I, I thought people maybe were a little bit too uh, too fast to pump the, the Bucks panic train. Like, this is still a, a really good team. Uh, I, I think if you're a Bucks fan, what you really feel good about is Todd Bowles. I mean, just bringing it to the Eagles. I know that, you know, they didn't really put up too much of a fight back just in terms of, like, the stuff they were calling. But uh, that was the perfect game plan to shut down Jalen Hurts. Like, you, you basically shut down the run uh, the entire game. So that, that should make you feel good about, you know, your chances to stop a Rams team that is definitely going to try to run the ball like they did uh, against the Cardinals last night. So, uh, you know, I, I think the Bucks they should still be one of the Super Bowl favorites. You know, they're number two seed for a reason. So uh, that was just a pretty complete performance by them. All right. All right. Bengals Raiders. Uh, you mentioned before that this game was marred by some uh, lousy officiating. Uh, it also feels like it happened forever ago. It was the first game on Saturday. Um, but uh, 26-19 Bengals pull this one out. Uh, I, you know, it's sort of like it's hard not to approach this game and just think like, holy shit. I feel good for people in Cincinnati because the Bengals have been so bad for so long. Uh, I have no idea how sustainable this really is. I have no idea like what Joe Burrow's actual ceiling is, uh, but this must have felt nice just to see their team win a, a win a playoff football game. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I wish the officiating was better because like one of those touchdowns probably shouldn't have counted, but. You know, whatever. Jerome Broger, he's been bad forever, so that was really nothing new. Um, I, I I thought that it was kind of interesting that, you know, the, the Raiders, like, they, they almost had a chance to win at the end, and then it just fell apart, and that just kind of seems like a very fitting end for uh, the Raiders. You're just like, you know, we, we've, we've held this thing together as long as we can, but I think it's time to go home. Yeah. Uh, Derek Carr didn't have, you know, his best game of the season. Joe Burrow played pretty well. I think that that was kind of uh, the difference. And then, you know, the officiating was absolutely horrendous. Uh, like It's just never a good thing like when you're talking about a playoff game between, you know, one of the established franchises in NFL history and an up-and-coming team that has just, like, rock stars on offense. Uh, for the officiating to be the main story, that kind of sucks. And uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that Jerome Boger has seen the consequences of choosing a profession as cowardly as a referee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were, were you alive the last time the Bengals won a playoff game? I think it was no. after the 90 season. No, that was 32 years ago. I'm 27. Jesus, man. <laughs> Those poor people. Those poor people in Cincinnati. You yeah, it, it's, it sucks because like, you've gotten close a few times too. But you know, now now you're looking to have maybe what is about to be the best era of Bengals football. You just need to find a real head coach now. Yeah. <laughs> Get the Zach Taylor slander in there. Have the, have the Bengals taken over the NFC or the FC North, you think? I mean, uh, I just want, I want to see what healthy Baltimore looks like next mm-hmm, year. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that wasn't even like a real football team this year. Uh, but, you know, they're definitely past the Browns and uh, they're definitely past the Steelers if the Steelers are going to run it back with uh, – Mason Rudolph, which is kind of the expectation right now, based on reporting people are doing, which I think is just ludicrous. But uh, you know, I, I, I think the Bengals, like you, definitely should feel good about this year. But I definitely want to see what the Ravens look like once everyone gets healthy back next year. Right. 
the Raiders fired Mike Mayock. Uh, I'm still not entirely sure what to make of this. Uh, you know, after three seasons, um, this team went through incredible tumult this year with, uh, you know, obviously Gruden's emails being leaked and leading to his dismissal. Uh, the Henry Ruggs tragedy, uh, what happened there was just awful. And they just went through so much. And I, I'm not sure how what you're evaluating at this point with Mike Mayock um, or, or who you think is going to do a significantly better job. I, I haven't read any of the reports if there was anything behind it, but what do you make of this this decision to, to totally... Um, I mean, it's kind of a cop-out, but don't really care either way. Like, because mm-hmm. I, because you know, I, I, I do think that Mike, Mike Mayock, I, I mean, I, I would, it, like, I'll put it like this like, I'll be interested in hiring Mike Mayock if I was a team that needed a GM. Because if you just look at the recruiting, or the, not the recruiting, the reporting, uh, it seems like Gruden was basically running the first round and Mayock did everything else. And like, all their worst players are first round picks and all their good yeah. players are. Uh, guys who were found later in the draft, you know, guys right. like Nate Hobbs, who ended up being not just one of the best rookie cornerbacks, but like one of the most effective cornerbacks uh, in the NFL. They've made some good free agent signings. And, you know, I, I think the, the the big things have fallen flat on their face, but it seems like Rudin was in charge of, you know, those big decisions and my, my like kind of filled out the roster a little bit. So I, I thought that the Raiders depth was pretty impressive based on guys they drafted later in the draft. And, uh, but, you know, I don't think like he did such a good job that he should definitely, you know, keep his role, especially when you're just trying to break off from what happened this year. Like if you like I, I don't really blame Mark Davis if he looks at right. this season and says, I don't I just want to get start, new start people, fresh. start yeah. fresh, uh, bring back Derek Carr because I think he's done enough to probably get another deal there and then try to just reload enough where you can give Casey and the Chargers a game uh, next year, because I know that you, you just beat the Chargers uh, this past Sunday to get to the playoffs. But, you know, we all saw what robot cyborg was playing quarterback on the other side of the field with all those fourth down uh, conversions. So, you know, I, I, uh, I think with the Raiders, you know, you try to get someone established like Jim Harbaugh reload on the offensive line and, and give it a go next year before you really blow it up. All right. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Uh, you know, now adding another team that's totally reloading. It's always sort of exciting to see what the process is there. Uh, you know, when when they get a chance to align a, a GM and a coach and bring it all together at once and see how they approach it. So um, that's at least interesting. I totally lost my scorecard. Hold on one second. <laughs> uh, before I want to talk about the, we got the Rams Cardinals game left. Uh, this one, I, uh, the Cardinals have obviously struggled late in the season, uh, but I'm not sure I saw this coming. I don't. I mean, 34. Yeah, that was just final that was just awful. Right. Um, that was. I, like, I don't. Even, I really don't even know to do with that result almost just because it was so like uncharacteristically bad on the part of Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Like I know that, you know, they haven't had the strongest close of the season, but I don't think anyone was predicting to play that poorly. Um, and now, you know, I was the debatable show. Kevin Clark is calling for Cliff to get fired, which 
I don't know. I mean, I don't, don't think I really care either way, but, right. uh, you know, you can make the argument for it now. And it's funny that that yeah. fell apart so fast because, you know, I, when I wrote the power rankings in mid season, I had Cardinals fans rank, tell me I ranked the team too low when I had them at two. So, right. um, you know, it's a, yeah. it's in a weird back half of the season for Arizona. Right. Right. I mean, the Kingsbury thing at this point, uh, it seems like he, there's some sort of blind spot going on. We, we talked, you, I mean, you've done it. You did in-depth reporting on Cliff Kingsbury back when you were with SB nation and yeah. he, he moved to the NFL and, you know, it was, it was a controversial move because he had been fired from a college job. Uh, and then all of a sudden was getting an NFL head job and like, Everyone was like, okay, we're, we're falling way too in love with quote-unquote offensive genius. Uh, and then it's not even like that offensive genius showed up right away, right? Like he – we really felt like he was holding Kyler Murray back, not, not uh, you know, not putting him in the position to throw the ball, sort of relying on the run. Uh, you know, it really was not – we did not see what I think people – were thinking when he when he made that jump, uh, and it came together a little bit this year. Um, but there's this crazy there's crazy stat that went around last night uh, on Twitter, and this one seems like it's you can't really dismiss this. I, I think a lot of times a stat like this you'd be able to throw it out because like oh well it's whatever small sample size or uh, you know it's don't read too much into it. But this is this is the stat that went around. This is Cliff. Cliff Kingsbury's end to the season as a head coach with Texas tech in 2013, he lost five of six the next year, four of six, the next year, four of six, the next year, six of eight, the next year, six of eight, the next year, five of five Cardinals starting in 19. They lost seven of the last nine last year. They lost five of the last seven. And this year they lost five of the last six. I, like there is some pattern here where pe- where co- uh, defensive defenses are figuring out what Cliff King- Kingsbury is doing and, or something, right? I mean, there has to be something behind this stat. Like those numbers are staggering. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It, it's weird because like I, I can't pin it down to one thing that like they're they're doing right or they're doing wrong towards the end of the season that caused them to stop. But there's something going wrong. Um, right. I mean, he's not and, a great in-game coach. We know that. Like he's not. Yeah. He's, he's, got, mean, some, it, it has, he's got some Andy Reid time issues and like and yeah. decision-making at, issues. At the same time, you know, they've, they've definitely had stretches where they look like. Right. They look great this over, Overwhelming. Yeah. So I, I don't really know what to do there. Like I understand if you fire him because uh, you're starting to see a pretty dangerous trend. But at the same time, you know, he's doing some things right. right. There, but maybe there just isn't enough adjustment in the second half of the season, but it's hard as easy it is to like fire him. It's hard to right. at the same time to let go of someone who can generate an offense like that. Right. How do you feel good about knowing for sure that you hired someone better when a lot of the names getting traction in this coaching cycle, at least what we've seen so far, there's a lot of retreads and there's like a lean toward defense. You know, Dan Quinn is, is getting a lot of, talk uh so i'm not sure that if you have kyler murray and you want to build around him that there's a better option out there for sure um Mm -hmm. you know so i i would be surprised if if that actually happens but i i do see where kevin clark's coming from i think there's there's some grist to that one yeah um the rams how good is this team I mean, is, is they're good. Are we uh, seeing the Matthew Stafford? You know, like obviously their big move was to put Matthew Stafford in this offense, and uh, 
you know, hope to open things up. That's not what unlocked this game last night. I think Stafford barely threw for over 200 yards. It was. Yeah, I think he only threw the ball like 15 times or something like that. Right. Yeah. 17. It was 13 for 17, 202 yards. Right. Uh, 11.9 average. I mean, you know, he was chucking it as Matthew Stafford does. Um, It just seemed like every time, every time the Rams ran the ball, they got first down. That's what it felt like, at least. Right. Right. Just a really efficient offense. Um, Cam Akers, I, what? How did Cam Akers come back from? Uh, I, that I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Um, Seventeen carries in the playoff game, and like there were plays where he looked explosive. I, I, I don't understand what these kids are like eating as kids. Or, or I mean, he had an, he tore his Achilles. How long ago was six it? Six months ago. Right. Which? I, but when did we, have, we like we saw Kevin Durant sit out a year? Right. And some change with the, right. an Achilles injury and. This dude's coming back. <laughs> he's coming back uh, six months later, and he has a forty-yard catch in the playoff game. Like I, I, I really don't understand what I'm watching here. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it's it's a cool story though because that's just a level of like it's like a timeline we haven't really seen before with an Achilles injury. And he's he looked explosive out there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, had that play where Buda Baker ended up getting hurt. That was horrifying to watch. Uh, I guess I did see earlier that Buda Baker is on his way home. He was observed and, and is now out of the hospital. So, um, cause that was just <laughs> horrifying to watch. Um, uh, yeah. What is the, what are the big challenges for the Rams moving forward? I mean, what, what do we need to, what do you need to see more of to buy in on this team? Uh, um, being, you know, being able to make it back to the Super Bowl. Um, I I think for for them, like you just need to hope Stafford doesn't implode. Right. <laughs> that's the biggest thing. Uh, that's his first playoff win. It's only his yeah. fourth playoff game, right? I mean, it's not. Yeah, we, it's funny. We talk about Stafford like he's a super young dude sometimes. Uh, but he was drafted like one year after Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco. Like this is not, oh yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's, he's, been, man. he's been here for a very, very, yeah. very yeah. long time. But, but you know, he, I think he's only like thirty four because he entered the league so young. So right, right. Uh, you, you still kind of get hopeful about the upside there. And I mean, he can make every single throw that you can possibly think of. Uber talented, but sometimes it just doesn't click for him under pressure, or he just makes like some bizarre mistakes. So that you just need to avoid that because if he can just stay clean uh, and not make like the plays where he looks like you just got a lobotomy, then uh, they'll probably have a chance to get to the Super Bowl, at least the NFC Championship game. I mean, I'm I'm really interested to see this Rams uh, Bucks matchup because the first game earlier in the season was was a whole lot of fun. Right, uh, Aaron Donald is so good. Like, so he just yeah. he just continues to be. Uh, I I don't know how many snaps he had on the edge last night, but them just putting him out there and letting him go is sort of ridiculous. Like, uh, you know, I think, and he's obviously so good on the inside and draws so many blockers there and, and so much attention that like, he's, I, I wonder what the EPA, like what the values would be there. I, but he's just such a good player that like, why not just move him around and, and make it difficult for an offense to account for where he is. Uh, and yeah. Like, I'm not sure that how many players we've ever seen who could do what he could do. It's funny because if you just look at like the box score, box score last night, 
on ESPN, he hit one tackle, half yeah, a sack, one quarterback hit. <laughs> right. Watch the if, game, man. Like right. if, if ESPN had a, a stat for like number of blockers used, you know, like he, they would have. And he's still I, good in passes, guys. It's it's just incredible to watch. Uh, right. I, honestly, I I just I'm he's like he's like one of those guys that make you remember like why you love football. Like it's just so dominant. Uh, and I mean, you can make a case he's like the best defensive lineman ever. Like he's in that. Reggie White type of like atmosphere in terms of this pure dominance. So right. uh, yeah, I'm 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 just grateful to be alive at the same time as Aaron Donald. Yeah, I mean, as someone who watched Reggie White a lot as a kid, and you know, I was an Eagles fan. Reggie White was not nearly as dynamic. You know, like Reggie White was like, okay, it's third down and eight. Like Reggie White's probably going to get close to the quarterback. Uh, like that was, you know what I mean? Like he was just like, he was like your classic edge, right? Like he was fun because like he could beat you a couple different ways. He could bull rush you. He could spin you. Like that was great. He was athletic. He was tough, but like Aaron Donald is just something else. Like he's, he's on such a, a different level uh, just as far as how he plays and, and his, his low center of gravity and the way he can get past people, get through people. Um, it's really really amazing and so fun to watch. I mean, you're right. It's exactly why you love watching football and exactly why it's fun to go back and watch film and uh, try to pick out what's happening each play and, and how he's impacting it. Um, Cause it's just, it's amazing. Yep. Um, all right. So we're going to, we're going to do a show on Thursday. We'll talk about the entirety of what's coming up. Let's go through the schedule real quick. Uh, the Bengals once again have the uh, Saturday, the first game on Saturday. Poor Bengals, man, they're just getting getting put in that early game. Bengals at Titans. That's the four thirty game. Niners Packers is the eight fifteen game on Saturday, and then Sunday we got uh, Rams Bucks at three, and then we close out with that Bills Chiefs game. Um, I mean, it's hard to complain about any of these games. I think this will be a really fun divisional round. Mm-hmm. Yep, it should be fun this weekend. Um, and it can't be much worse than Wild Card Weekend. <laughs> Poor Wild Card Weekend. I'm, I'm going to defend Wild Card Weekend. I think, you know, it's just, it just happens sometimes. I'm, I'm going to defend the concept because I like the end of the regular season more. But That's, that's a good point. Like we, like, we would not have gotten this, you know, tie scenario with the Chargers and Raiders without seven games or seven teams. So right. I, I think it's, uh, it's fun, but maybe we need some tweaks to make the first week a little bit more competitive. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Find us on Twitter. Uh, he's at Fourverts. I'm at Chris Gorman. Uh, we'll be around later in the week. We're going to do a video looking ahead. Uh, we'll have some posts online. Chuck, you're, what are you, you're writing about how each favored team might stumble. Is that yeah, right? The, the Achilles team for each team. Achilles. The Achilles team. Achilles team, the Achilles heel for everything. You there know, are, you uh, I'm at the uh, end of the season, bro. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm Achilles, Achilles heels don't matter anymore. There's not yeah, like, like in, in the new world, like Achilles yeah. gets hit there and he just keeps walking. Cause yeah. So I'm going to write like how each team is favorite to trip up. Uh, so that would, that would definitely be up by the time, uh, by the time you get to the Thursday podcast, cause that's going to go up by Wednesday at this point. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, join us again on Thursday. Uh, we'll break down. We'll kind of take a look at uh, these actual matchups moving forward, and uh, it should be fun. Take care. The Counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. 